재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 First, I would like to fall on my knees in front of the INS headquarters in Washington, D.C. to thank the organization for all its successful work on behalf of foreigners everywhere. I've been welcomed by INS representatives several times upon arrival at John F. Kennedy Airport, and each time was better than the last. Once, a jolly man in a turban stamped my passport after saying something incomprehensible. Another time, a pleasant black lady, nearly as large as myself, looked appreciatively at the outer tube of my stomach and gave me the thumbs up. What can I say? The INS people are just and fair. They are the true gatekeepers of America. My problems, however, rest with the U.S. State Department and the demented personnel at their St. Petersburg consulate. Since I returned to Russia some two years ago, they've denied my visa application nine times. On all occasions, citing my father's recent murder of their precious Oklahoma businessman. Let me be frank. I feel sorry for the Oklahoman and his rosy-cheeked family. Sorry that he got in my papa's way. Sorry that they found him at the entrance of the Dostoevsky metro station with a child's amazed expression on his face and a red gurgling upside-down exclamation mark on his forehead. But after hearing of his death nine times, I am reminded of the guttural old Russian saying, To the kui, to the kui, he's dead, so he's dead. This book, then, is my love letter to the generals in charge of the Immigration and Naturalization Service. A love letter as well as a plea. Gentlemen, let me back in. I am an American impounded in a Russia's body. I have been educated at Accidental College, a venerable Midwestern institution for young New York, Chicago and San Francisco aristocrats, where the virtues of democracy are often debated at tea time. I have lived in New York for eight years and I have been an exemplary American, contributing to the economy by spending over two million US dollars on legally purchased goods and services, including the world's most expensive dog leash. That was David Tazard reading an excerpt from Absurdistan by Gary Steingart to the instrumental version of the Soviet Union anthem. David is an assistant professor at Seoul Women's University and is completing the research of his PhD in Korean studies at Hanyang University. Morning, David. Good morning, Jamie, and good morning, people listening. I hope you enjoyed that stirring rendition and that wonderful voice of Gary Steingart that came through in that opening excerpt. So uh, there are two things I want to point out that yeah. that really stood out for me. The first one was the uh, outer tube of my stomach. Yes. That got a thumbs up. A spare tire. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, yep. That, that one that rolls around the, just a, above the hips. Right, right. Yeah. And, and the other one was at Accidental College. The accidental college yes, where the, accidental college. the protagonist was educated, mm-hmm. the world's most expensive dog leash, yes. and uh, the fact that he got bored of hearing of the person that his father murdered mm-hmm. nine times. He's dead, he's dead. Yeah. Yes. In, we, we can hear that. In terms of the content, though, uh-huh. this is a person that wants to get in America but is denied by visa applications and such forth. It, it's, uh, it's amazing that when I choose these books, I don't do it with an eye on the current world revolving around us. I do it, you know... You really? You really? 
I, I I'm, thought I'm not you lying were. to you. No, okay. no. I, I literally just, because I do it every week, I have to go through a rather large selection of books. Don't uh-huh, I? It's lucky uh-huh. my library is vast. However, it's only when I pick them and then I start reading them, I'm like, wow. Okay. See, I thought that your process was, you know, read the news and then pick a book that's relevant to that week's topic and then and then frantically read it, like however long it is. Because, like, you know, you're a very fast reader, so you can read mm. like a thousand page books in three days. Oh, about four. Yeah, about okay. four. Mm-hmm. Shall we just pretend that I'm that well prepared in future? Okay. okay. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Do not good. tell the listeners. Please. Yes. <laughs> So let's talk about uh, this week's book, Absurdistan. Yeah. So is it fiction or nonfiction satire? Ooh, all satire has to work well between both of those realms, doesn't it? Satire, it, this book is heavily satirical. Uh, Gary Steingart is an incredibly funny writer. This book, Absurdistan, um, it plays on an image of these old Soviet countries that have come into being since the end of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kazakhstan and Azerbaijan and, and such forth. Yeah, the stands. And he's tried to play it up. I did read one interview with him where he said he was sitting around the Hilton Hotel in uh, Azerbaijan that had just come into money and there were lots of women trying to sell their bodies to the local oil men. And he found mm-hmm. it completely absurd and he needed to write a book about it and that is this book mm-hmm. absurdistan right right and as you said before and as it came up in the in the excerpt that you read in the beginning location is a very important part of this book as well yeah uh, a few weeks back we did sir salman rushdie's the satanic verses and uh-huh. we had that uh, Two people falling from the <laughs> falling from the plane. The plane, yeah, there was a great start to a book. But we also had these people that were Indian, but in England, and that that feeling where two countries pulled between them emotionally, physically, and culturally. Mm-hmm. Absurdistan is that as well between Russia and America. We have somebody that grew up in who is Russian, but grew up in America and is now back in Russia, but still hears the Bronx, still hears the language, the the smells and the food calling to him. So you have these two huge America and Russia are such vast personalities in terms of countries Mm -hmm. calling throughout this book and the location yes is very important as you say Mm -hmm. and the writer Steingart recently um, did a play a a little um, word play on his on on his own book so instead of Absurdistan his latest thing is Trumpistan can you tell (laughs) us a little bit about that it it was um Rather aptly released in a tweet, I believe, Gary Stein put this out, yeah? <laughs> right. as all good news is these days. Uh-huh. Do we tweet on here? We should start. Um, yeah. Gary Steingart has now said that Trumpistan is the new world and that uh-huh. what Trumpistan requires is satire. Right. Because uh, satire will help us see the truth mm-hmm. through the echo chamber of the medias and such forth. So... Steingart is very interested in satire. He believes it's not just something to be entertained. And mm-hmm. He's incredibly entertaining, an incredibly funny writer, mm-hmm. but also that it can sometimes perhaps serve a higher purpose. Right, right. And he said something to the effect of um, satire works best when evil and stupid collide. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. and that's when you need both. I, I will say nothing about the targets that he chooses. But <laughs> yeah, when those two collide, then you get it right on Mm -hmm. so uh let's get right into the book so 
The voice that we heard in the excerpt, the man with the outer tube of a stomach yeah. um, rolling around, like just in his, uh, around his belt line. That's right. Okay, so his name is Misha Weinberg. Misha Weinberg. Yes. And when the book begins, he is trying to get into the U.S. That is the premise. I mean, that's the thing that drives this whole book. He, uh-huh. he sort of grew up there. He has a girlfriend back there. Mm-hmm. And he wants to get back, but visa problems are preventing him right. from re-entering America. Yes, and because of the uh, unfortunate Oklahoman. Yeah, the yes. unfortunate Oklahoman with the, uh, what was it, the question mark gurgling around uh-huh. his head. Yeah, But Misha is the protagonist, and there are two things that are frequently mentioned throughout this book uh-huh. about Misha Weinberg. One is that he's incredibly fat. Okay. Uh, 325 pounds is his weight. Mm-hmm. Um, we do kilos over here and we do pound, uh, stone, so it's you can transfer it, but he's very, very fat. Uh-huh. The other thing that's always mentioned about him, and I do apologize on a Sunday morning for mentioning this, is his male genitalia, okay. which was deformed during a late-in-life circumcision. Mm-hmm. At one point, it's said to resemble the city of Dresden after it was bombed. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, I hope he can't see it. Because <laughs> of the uh, outer tube, <laughs> he's often talking, but it's mentioned so much. Okay. You, you never. It's the uh, the sight of it is imprinted in your mind once okay. you read fifty pages. So, okay. yeah, right. it's, you're not going to get into that, are you? No, no. Okay, no. great, great. But, but Gary Steingart does so much. Uh-huh. The other thing to mention about Misha is that he is the son of the one thousand two hundred and thirty eighth richest man in Russia. Why why that number? I don't know. When you when you hear Gary Steingart, he I don't know if this is satire or sort of being neurotic about numbers or order. In his in his follow up book actually, he the order of things was very important. A uh-huh. uh, super sad love story. But what it does mean is though that Misha living in Saint Petersburg with this almost unlimited bank account, it means that he can have virtually everything he wants in terms of alcohol. I mean, there's all these descriptions of booze flying about, there's food, there's, of course, women, the lavish mm-hmm. lifestyle. He can have all of these things in unlimited supply and do this, but he can't have what he wants. Right, which is to get back into, into the United which States. Which is the visa, yeah. Okay. And so I think that's really... Uh, interesting how he has all this money, but it, it can't give him what he wants. Mm-hmm. I think it's high time we heard from uh, Misha Weinberg again. Let's look at an excerpt. Give another little excerpt, mm-hmm. yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the part that you're going to read? Yeah. Um, he's walking down the street in Russia, and he's very big into gangster rap, Misha. He actually <laughs> has a nickname, which is Snack Daddy. Oh, good lord. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but uh, they've just finished walking down the street, um, riffing in gangster rap. I won't be able to read any of that because of the language used, but I'll read what happens afterwards for you. Okay. This being Russia, a nation of busybody peasants thrust into an awkward modernity, some idiot will always endeavour to spoil your good fun. And so the neighbouring businessman, a sunburned mid-level killer, standing next to his pasty girlfriend from some cow-filled province, starts in with, Now, fellows, why do you have to sing like African exchange students? You both look so cultured. In other words, like vile-looking yids, why don't you declaim some Pushkin instead? Didn't he have some nice verses about the White Knights? That would be very seasonal. Hey, if Pushkin were alive today, he'd be a rapper, I said. 
That's right, Aloysia Bob said. He'd be MC Push. Fight the power, I said in English. Our Pushkin-loving friends stared at us. This is what happens when you don't learn English, by the way. You're always at a loss for words. God help your children, he finally said, taking his lady friend by one diminutive arm and guiding her over to the other side of the pontoon. Children? Was he talking about us? What would a nice cube or a nice tea do in this situation? I reached for my mobile nick, ready to dial my Park Avenue analyst, Dr. Levine, to tell him that once again I had been insulted and injured, that once again I had been undermined by a fellow Russian. And then I heard my manservant, Timothy, ringing his special handbell. The mobile fell out of my hand. The Pushkin lover and his girlfriend disappeared from the pontoon. The pontoon itself floated off into another dimension. Even Dr. Levine and his soft American ministrations were reduced to a distant hum. It was feeding time. With a low bow, manservant Timothy presented me with a tray of black sturgeon kebabs and a carafe of black label. I fell down on a hard plastic chair that twisted and talked beneath my weight, like a piece of modern sculpture. I bent over the sturgeon, sniffing it with closed eyes, as if offering a silent prayer. My feet were locked together, my ankles grinding into each other with expectant anxiety. I prepared for my meal in the usual fashion, fork in my left hand, my dominant right clenched into a fist on my lap, ready to punch anyone who dared take away my food. Okay, so yeah. that excerpt is blowing my mind for uh, several reasons. Well, first of all, there's yeah. the uh, um, the the layers upon layers of references and how like his analyst's name is Doctor Levine. Yep. Of course, it's it's Doctor Levine, and um, also like the many many layers of elitism. Like one of the things that really stood out for me is uh, if you don't learn English, you'll always be at a loss for words. Yeah. Yes, because that is the only language in which you can express things and be understood. Correctly, yes. Otherwise,、oh、you、goodness. can't do the gangster rap, you、uh-huh. know. And Pushkin would have, right, right. Yeah, he would have been MC Push. Oh my goodness! Also,、um, was his okay? Snag Daddy. Yeah. Was his companion's name Al- Aloysia Bob? That's right, Aloysia、okay. Bob. Yeah, he does have a few friends that go around with him, Misha,、uh-huh. and, and and they engage in this kind of language. When they do rap, it's actually very good. I'd say Gary Steingart does have, you know, for a for a small sort of white Russian Jewish man,、uh-huh. he does have good flow. Right, you know, right. He drops mean、uh-huh. bars. People、okay. might say. Okay, I guess he couldn't resist the、uh, the the temptation of this challenge. Right, right, exactly. And it is interesting. You see, in that short little thing about how you get the clash between. Russia and America. You also get the clash between high culture and low culture,、mm-hmm. um, with the psychiatrists and the ice cubes,、right. and you also get this disappearance into food,、mm-hmm. where the book all of a sudden stops. The plot and what's happening as you're reading it just stops, and then Misha starts eating,、mm-hmm. and you get these sort of pages after pages of these descriptions. It's almost sensual or, or erotic in a way of him eating food and. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a foodie, is that a word? If you're a foodie, or a, a fan of mukbang? If you're a fan of mukbang, yes, they <laughs> are rather strange cultural、uh, things. The mukbangs, <laughs> yes,、um, you will enjoy this book for those descriptions.、Uh-huh. Yeah. And of course, we have to talk about the sturgeon.、Collab. There you go. 
it's not just a kebab, it's a slurgeon. Every, yeah, and the carafe of black My labels, it, it's all put in big things. And that's why the sort of Tony Soprano analogy does come in rather well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, the significance of food here. So he is definitely a glutton. What is uh, Steingart trying to get at? Um, very interestingly, Gary Steingart is a very small man. Uh-huh. And so this, what is he trying to get at? You know, this must be part of him in his character. The more you read and you know the author, you know the character very well. So what is he trying to get at? He's probably trying to get at that he has an addiction to certain things, I would say. Mm-hmm. You mean Misha does? Yeah, well, right, the, right. the pair of them, I would say. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Misha, the character, uh-huh. is he cannot not eat Right, and right. it is almost uh, a, a religious ceremony for him. Like he engages in it in a sense of in worship. You got it from that excerpt too. But it's all about eating and drinking a lot of this book. So my one advice on this, Jamie, would be don't read this book late at night when the shops are shut <laughs> because you'll be incredibly frustrated and you go to your fridge and you find very little there that resembles... There's no sturgeon kebab yeah, in my fridge. What's in the, you know, sometimes uh, tin spam doesn't quite do it when no, you're that no. hungry. Uh-huh. And he seems to, uh, Misha, that is, uh, seems to yeah. really embrace the largeness of his body. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to prevent him in terms of a Attracting members of the opposite sex. I guess, oh, or, or that is interesting. Friend. Yeah. Um, perhaps his bank account has something to do with well, that probably. as well. We, he we is, might. after all, the uh, 1,238th <laughs> most wealthy man That's it. in Russia. Um, he does have that. I did read somewhere that he might have been based on a character in Russian literature which was called, if my memory serves correct, Obolov, Mm -hmm. who was a satire of the Russian aristocracy. He sat around on his sofa, Mm -hmm. and the first 50 pages is him moving from his sofa to his bed. Oh, okay. That sounds terrific. This is Misha, really. (laughs) He's he's meant to embody a certain amount of Russianness, where you Mm -hmm. can never quite get enough of it, and you're you're overdosing on things. Mm -hmm. So, what was the reception of this book like? We have this thing in England called Marmite. Are you aware of Marmite, Jamie? Uh, I hear it's an acquired taste. Exactly. Uh, Some people love it and some people hate it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I found when I had a little look, you know, about what people said about this, because some people glow about this and they they say this is the funniest thing I've read since Catch-22 and Mm -hmm. they're laughing on the subway and they have to read it certain times so they don't embarrass themselves. And other people are literally quite angry that they spent money on this book. Oh, that's interesting. That they, mm-hmm. The humour doesn't work for them. They find it, in a sense, infantile or perhaps base. Okay. Now, it is very interesting that Steingart is satirising sort of these uh, lower elements of culture and there is that tendency where he could disappear into those vulgar things. But mm-hmm. that's not the focus of the novel for me. There's, um, there's a great way that he composes sentences. He, one of his heroes is Nabokov. Mm-hmm. Uh, English is not Steingart's even first language. Mm, like Nabokov. Like Nabokov. And he does these wonderful, amazing sentences. So the reception with it has been mixed. I, the first time I read it, I was a little bit put off by it. I didn't quite find it funny. Mm-hmm. However, I felt the same the first time I read Catch-22. So maybe it's just... Maybe cl- it's exactly like Catch-22. Yeah, climatizing to a voice <laughs> once in a while. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for the introduction. Can you give us a song before you go? Um, Kate Bush, this video uh, 
as a young child, it fascinated me watching Kate Bush do this. This is Kate Bush with Babushka. Well, thank you so much, David, for coming in today, and I will see you next week. Thank you all. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next Sunday at 10 on TBS EFM.